0: Welcome back to Everyday Ignorance, the perfect mix of history and humor for your listening pleasure. I'm Alexander. And I'm Peter. And Peter, how's your week been? Um, my week has been pretty
1: good. It's been, seemed longer, but mostly because I've had four dates with one lady in about mm. the span of a little over a week. Mm. So it's okay. been like making it, kind of breaking it up and making
0: it interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I don't think I've had any dates with any women this week, so you're doing really good. That's okay. Yeah, I guess this lady just wants to see me more often. Yeah, I bet she does. So, (laughs) I bet she does. Yeah. Is your middle name Casanova? Is it? No, but she guessed
1: my middle name was uh, Michael, but it's actually John. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah, but okay. that was gonna be her other guess. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. All
1: right.
0: Um, as long as you're having fun, I guess. Yeah. So that's that's good though that you're, you're going on
1: dates. So. Yep. Yeah. But. Um, and then work ended the month pretty solid with my stats. Okay. Um, uh, I work in a call center. For those of you who don't know, and uh, yeah, um. And then I don't know. I <laughs> you mean, okay? you okay, man? Yeah, I'm okay. okay. All right, all right. Um, it's it's been it's been a solid week. I mean, okay. it's been okay. How was yours?
0: My week was uh, it was good. I was trying to go ahead and uh, moving out of my apartment, which praise God for that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm moving into another one, so I have to pay the rent on both of them. And I think two weeks ago, I had to pay like 330 on the, the new one because they did the apartment showing and then they're like, by the way, uh, rent is due right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was taken aback by that. So maybe I wasn't paying attention. Um, but yeah, no, it's been it's been good. Uh, I'm a little worried because um, the, cause I'm an Uber driver and the summer slump is already here kind of. So um. it's been tough. Summer slump for me means lots of drivers out, and then also um, not enough rides. So it's kind of like overfishing, if you think about it. Like Fargo, sure. it's like a big pond, but or maybe a small pond, and we have like 40 fishermen in there. Uh, and fisherwomen, we're inclusive on this podcast. So whatever you want to be. You want to be a man, you want to be a woman, you want to be a fish, <laughs> that's fine. You can be any any of those three. Um, okay. But yeah, so we have like way too many people, and then only one of those forty people is gonna catch a fish. So that's kind of how it feels like with Uber right now. So I'm just doing different strategies. I'm waking up at different times. It does take a toll on my body. I do think I need to go back on a diet because like I'm really eating not good. And mm. <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, that's hard. So, but uh, other than that though, it's been it's been alright. So. I really like the fact that it rained this week, so I'm I'm big on the rain. Do you like rain? Um,
1: it can be nice sometimes, but Uh, I'm not particularly a fan of rainy days. These sort of rainy days and Mondays always get me down. (laughs) Is that a
0: song? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. I was gonna say, Gosh, Peter, stop trying to seduce me. No, Mondays. Stop trying to seduce me with your uh, song lyrics. No, ra- Mondays don't
1: get me down as much as rainy days do, Okay, actually. You really like rainy days? No, or no. Or you don't like, I'm sorry, you don't like I'm rainy days? I'm kind of like, they're kind of mid for me, as my kids
0: would say. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. I need to uh, blow my brains out <laughs> after this. Uh, you know how many times I've heard this week the phrase riz and situationship? That's the new thing. Oh, like, I, what's I, Riz. Riz, it's the stupidest thing. Riz comes from the word charisma. Oh. And, but people will be like, yo, dude. Because I pick up a lot of college kids. Yeah. So these are kids that we're only about 10 years apart. I'm 32. Uh, right. But they think of me, I guess, as I'm really old. And I'm not. Right. Like, I don't know. I never thought I'd be like this old man. But I guess here I am. Um, just leave me alone. I'll be on my porch with my dogs. I'm chewing tobacco. My shotgun. Um, And my Bible, as the Founding Fathers intended. But, uh, (laughs) even though a lot of them were deist. But uh, Riz comes from charisma. And basically, I think it means to, like... uh, I think it's, like, almost like encouraging a girl or something. It's, like, I think... You know what? Let me look that up because I'm going to do that. But situationship is... It's it's basically almost a friends of benefits. Uh, it, okay. It's, but then it's also like when you're not a boyfriend girlfriend, but you like each other, and, and we would just call that being friends. Um. Uh. So, but now the the new slang is situationship. I heard that like four times last week. Like that is a mm. big thing. Riz means here it is. Uh, slang term for skill in charming or seducing a potential romantic partner. Especially through verbal communication. Mm. So, yeah. And you know where that came from? Uh, TikTok. So that really should explain why our society is falling apart. But, yeah, we got Riz, we got um, all of them. Uh, mid. mid. You know
1: what Mid means? Um, well, no, I just know it just means, like, something is, is, like, not that great, but not horrible. It's just very
0: in the middle. Yeah, that's my interpretation of it from what I've heard my boys say. According to Urban Dictionary The slang mid is used to describe something or someone as below average or low quality. Oh, really? Yeah, so So it's actually below mid Yeah (laughs) Well, yeah, I guess so it'd be below mid Uh, There's another one I can't think of right now that I've heard a lot, but yeah, no, it's this constant like
1: Oh, based Oh, yeah, or base. Yeah, base yeah um my do, sons have been using that one too. are you familiar with based yeah yeah okay what does that mean well it means something is pretty cool like i i'm pretty sure they say it without the d on the end but i could be wrong like this is pretty base b-a-s-e like
0: this is pretty awesome or cool uh by the way this one also came from TikTok. okay we really need to get rid of TikTok. i yeah. hate that app the viral word based on TikTok means to be yourself without worrying about how other people may perceive you. The slang term was created by the rapper Lil B who said it means being yourself and not caring what others think of you. To carry yourself with swagger. So there you go folks and that's the decline of our civilization currently is a TikTok. As we careen off into hell and pandemonium just know that you'll be able to see five second videos of people dancing like morons so so it does it does have the ending D on there it does Okay, but, but I've always like I mean I'm, I'm I check Reddit and stuff and you'll see people that's like a big thing now is they'll somebody will say something and uh, they'll someone will write down based you know and it's like dude why are you saying it just seems so ugh. you know TikTok that should never have been invented I feel like that mm. app has only hurt our world and I'll say this um, I think it's because it doesn't help with attention spans. Sure, because uh, I don't know if you ever have had TikTok on your phone or looked no. at it. Uh, it's it's Chinese spyware. It really is. Uh, it seriously is the right. government. I don't know if you saw some of the the uh, proceedings, and I don't agree with a lot of like uh, what Republicans do in Congress. I would not say they're based, but, <laughs> uh, but. That was one thing that I did like, is that they asked some questions to TikTok CEO, Republicans and Democrats, and they were just like, so is it spyware? And the guy's like, no, no, it's not spyware. But then he also admits that it's owned by a Chinese company, ByteDance, and uh, under Chinese law, the government can use a company to spy actively on its users, and the company cannot declare that's happening. So not to say that doesn't already happen in America— but at mm-hmm. least we don't tell everybody we're doing it. If we're spying on you, we're taking your civil rights away. In America, we just don't want you to know about it. All right. That's why right. I, lo- I love this country. <laughs> I love this country. This country's based. So, um, but yeah. So that was uh, that was weird. But uh, we were talking about communion last week, and yeah. um, and then I haven't really gotten too far in the communion book. The communion book but uh you brought up an interesting email to me and you mm-hmm. said hey here's here's some song lyrics mm-hmm. let's talk about those let's find out if there's deeper meanings to them sure and so i i want you to to lead us in the victory be based peter okay so let me riz you but in a non-sexual way yo so <laughs> okay. okay yeah <laughs> all right well
1: today we're going to be talking about three songs okay um uh, in analyzing the meanings uh, we'll start by uh, we'll start with Heart Shaped Box by Nirvana mm. then move on to um, Fade Into You by Mazzy Starr and then wrap up with uh, Head Over Heels by the band Switchfoot Okay. so um, I would like to just read portions of the lyrics I'm not going to repeat like the chorus every single time it repeats or whatever but I'll just read the lyrics to each one first um, Heart-Shaped Box, again, was is by Nirvana. The songwriter was Kurt Cobain. The source of the lyrics is lyricfind.com. Um, and the first verse starts with, She eyes me like a Pisces when I am weak. I've been locked inside your Heart-Shaped Box for weeks. I've been drawn into your magnet tar pit trap. I wish I could eat your cancer when you turn black. Hey, wait, I got a new complaint. Forever in debt to your priceless advice. Hey, wait, I got a new complaint. Forever in debt to your priceless advice. Meat eating orchids, forgive no one just yet. Cut myself on angel's hair or angel hair and baby's breath. Broken hymen of your highness, I'm left black throw down your umbilical noose so I can climb right back. All right. And then everything else from there is is just repetition of the um, remaining lyrics or already stated lyrics rather. And um, yeah, so I, what I'd like to do is talk about Alexander's and my analysis of the song lyrics first, just on the surface. or or from what we know about them or what we are picking up from them and then going to others interpretations of the song's meaning for each song. So um, I started by looking up what a Pisces personality t- type is and uh, from usatoday.com Pisces are highly creative and imaginative walker reports as well as compassionate and loving their emotional sensitivity factor is high, helping them to remain in tune with others, but also leaving them vulnerable to criticism, worrying a lot about the effect that their actions might have on others. I think that's really interesting because that seems to be, I don't, I'm pretty sure Kurt Cobain was a Pisces mm. and um, uh, he was highly creative and imaginative he seemed compassionate and loving toward his wife. Um, But then he was obviously very emotional. Um, His suicide note was very like, kind of like whiny in tone almost, like where he was whining about his his ongoing stomach pain um, that couldn't be, you know, resolved and solved. Um, Among other things.
0: I didn't know he had ongoing stomach pain. Yeah. Was yeah. it cancer? or was No, it just I don't think so. A it mental thing? Uh,
1: I think it could have been like a psychosomatic thing because they weren't able to ever figure out what it was to my <laughs> understanding. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not criticizing... I'm not trying to criticize him for like committing suicide or like downplaying suicide or depression. Yeah. Um, or his stomach pain. I'm just saying like... It, it kind of like that kind of is a good descriptor of his personality for me from what I know of him And I read a whole book about his life um, as a teenager um, For me this song lyrics express a conflicted relationship Possibly of Cobain's relationship with his widow Courtney Love um, for example the lyric locked inside your heart-shaped box for weeks for me that smacks of a relationship that is supposed to be exemplified by love, but instead amounts to torture, deprivation, loneliness, and isolation, like being mm. locked locked in somewhere. You always equate that with
0: someone torturing their children or someone else. Um, yeah. Torture, deprivation, loneliness, and isolation yeah. is what we call doing this podcast. <laughs> Just wanna throw that out there. Uh, that's what we call it every time we have to sit here for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm in a Peter-shaped box. Right.
2: We are in my
0: condo. Folks. That is true. I'm in a condo-shaped box. <laughs> it's okay. just four walls and a floor. Hey, it's great in here. Okay. Um, want to go to the ants? I got ants. You want to <laughs> come to my apartment and see the ants later? They'd, they'd love to see you. Gotcha, okay. Yeah, I'd love to see
1: them too, but <laughs> I'm glad they're gone for you. Yeah, they are gone. Yeah. Um, and then moving on um, to the lyric, Forever in Debt to Your Priceless Advice, for me, that has a mocking tone to it, which is very similar to the bridge in the neighboring song on the album, which is famously or infamously titled Rape Me, which is about how... co um, Cobain and Courtney Love were exploited the song Rape Me is about how Cobain and Courtney Love his wife were exploited by some members of the press due to Love's use of heroin while she was pregnant with their first child or with their only child I guess Mm. Um, and the lyrics to that bridge of that song go my favorite inside source I'll kiss your open sores appreciate your concern you're gonna stink and burn so like in the same way that he's saying he's forever in debt to someone's priceless advice, he's saying, I appreciate your concern, but he's mocking them like, and he doesn't really appreciate the concern obviously. Mm, okay. So yeah, that's, that's the bridge that I tie between those two at least. Mm. Um, and then um, finally, um, before we go into Alexander's comments on, on my analysis, Oh yeah, I'm gonna have just so much analysis on that side. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, go ahead. I know that from reading that book about Kurt Cobain's life that orchids for him were symbolic of vaginas, of women's vaginas because of mm. their shape and beauty. Um, this feminine feminine symbolism becomes more explicit with the line "broken hymen of your highness," but then the "your highness" reference again smacks of that like kind of like. Hey, I'm mock respecting you. Like I'm calling you your highness, but like, like you're not really that great or whatever. Mm. Um, again, returning to the idea of a conflicted relationship where the narrator of the song is mocking the person being addressed. This is then followed by the mention of a quote, umbilical noose, end quote, where something that is supposed to be nurturing and life giving becomes deadly instead. This is probably analogous to Cobain's relationship with Courtney Love, which to my memory was indeed conflicted and may have may have I'm just speculating here but may have contributed to his allegedly committing suicide. Um, so what are your thoughts um, on the
0: song so far Alexander? Um, my thoughts wow oh gosh uh, hold on let me get all these papers I printed off. To talk about this song um, <laughs> so you sent me these songs and yeah. I remember I was listening to them and a few of them I do like and I remember uh, just hearing but a lot of them I didn't I personally didn't care for too much this mm-hmm. one I think I would heard this before mm-hmm. and I'd always I'll hear famous songs and then I'll listen to them um, I to me it's a lot okay so uh, this is one thing that I think I told you a lot of these songs are something more of your generation than my generation. Mm-hmm. So, uh, would you say this is grunge? Um, Yeah. Okay, I don't like grunge. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't like, I'm, I I. don't know what it is. I don't like rock. I don't like, I like a little bit of rock, but I don't like constant repeats. I think we were talking about that. I don't like repeating, um, like I don't like to listen to Drake that much because mm. he repeats a lot of stuff. He'll do a lot of the same like, this, like, hey, wait, I got a new complaint. Like, he'll just say that, but, like, seven times while there's just, like, the same beat playing. That's what this reminds me of. Gotcha. But, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it's it's interesting that uh, he says that she eyes me like a Pisces. So is he talking about Courtney Love, you think? I think so. Okay. Based, and... on, a, based on one of the... <clears throat> articles that i found about the
1: song but that's got more to come in a second
0: oh okay um and then he talks about obviously being locked inside the heart-shaped box mm-hmm. i mean a box is a synonym for a vagina uh, I don't know oh really it is yeah okay um but that just could be a new term and that could be where this came from actually heart-shaped box i get it he's basically saying like i you know i'm with you i like you and all that and then the magnet tarp pit trap which is just like ugh. I don't I don't like weird descriptions like that like that when i listen to music i think i think about what they're saying and it paints a picture in my mind so that's mm-hmm. a weird picture i don't like in my brain but yeah basically i don't get the whole like i could eat your cancer when you turn black what, is yeah. that, what does that mean
1: um based on one article i've seen and some people's interpretations of it um Courtney loves astrological sign was cancer or is cancer the crab um so like um i'm not sure what the when you turn black (gasps) part refers to though because he makes it sound like it is talking about actual cancer the disease instead of cancer the astrological sign but if it's talking about her vagina then maybe he's talking about
0: you know oral sex I... i don't know I mean, I was thinking about that. I wish I could eat your cancer. Maybe so much when and you turn black because I'm like, she's dying. Or she dies and he's like, I just wish I could be, you could be part of me. Sure. Um, I don't know. Uh, but it just sounds like he's saying, hey, like, I've been drawn into you. I want to be close to you. Um, you know, um, I want to be, want you to be part of me. I want to be part of you. He could have yeah. just wrote that. Right, (laughs) but I I get it. I mean, uh, that's that's fine. Uh, I would wrote that song. I think Uh, I like you a lot. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's a song actually came out like just like a year ago called "I Like You a Lot." So uh, that's my generation. We simplify things really fast. Um, There you go. And then uh, hey, wait, I got a new complaint. Uh, Forever in debt to your priceless advice um i'm not sure i mean he repeats that three times yeah but like priceless advice forever in debt what i don't get that you know like Mm -hmm. he says i have a new complaint though but he's always in debt to advice that's priceless and you were saying that was like a mocking tone right i believe so but then one person's interpretation online
1: is saying that he he um he's referring to um he's mocking christianity and like what? um being forever in debt to like feeling like he's supposed to be in debt to jesus's sacrifice or like on the cross or um other people's advice or christianity's advice on how I, to live that was one interpretation only yeah its hearsay. I, mean, I don't buy that at all yeah. um I I don't think so either. I think it's more about his relationship with Courtney Uh,
0: alone. I will say this. I do think the next, I guess that's stanza, uh, meat-eating orchids and all that, I think that's all about uh, a vagina. I really do. I think that's all about that. um, Because before, it was kind of alluded to in the first part. Meat-eating orchids forgive no one just yet. Maybe saying, um, you know, I can't have sex with you. Um, but he kind of wants to. Sure. Uh, and then Angel's hair, Baby's breath, which Baby's breath—that's a flower, alluding to more flower imagery. Yeah. Angel hair—I don't know. That's pasta. That's pasta. I think. pasta <laughs> that's but it's very—it's very weird. Fine, he, he took an very... Italian turn with this song. He's like uh, <laughs> spaghetti, mozzarella. Uh, no, he didn't. Yo,
1: my name is Joey.
0: <laughs> yes, that's exactly what he said. Thank you, Peter. It really clears it up. That's amazing. He should have just wrote that in there. Just a random, yo, my name is Joey. Um, (laughs) And then the broken hymen. uh, But he talks about throwing the umbilical noose so he can climb right back. But it just sounds like they were fighting. And um, he wanted to be with her, be close to her. And then later in the second part, like, uh, she hasn't forgiven him. Um, Excuse me. But uh, throwing down the umbilical noose, obviously... Uh, it sounds like climb right back is just like so I can have sex with my wife again. Were they married at this point? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the broken I believe so. of Your Highness, I'm Left Black. Well, he says the next thing. He says, throw down your umbilical nose. So when I think of that, it almost sounds like if you're climbing something up and that he's left black. So did he fall down? I don't from know. From what he was climbing? I don't know. I don't know either (laughs) I don't know either Um, but yeah I mean it just sounds like he wanted to be close to her and then he does the you know the I got it I got a new complaint and all that but and then he goes back to being the same thing where he's like she eyes me like a Pisces when I'm weak so excuse me Uh, probably just fighting with his wife yeah but then he writes a weird cryptic song and we're over here arguing about it. We're trying to figure out what this means. When did this come out? Um, the album
1: came out in 1993, I believe. Okay. So it would have been written in but somewhere between
0: 1990 and 1993. Wow. So is that 30 years ago? Yeah. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Um, my verdict is uh, he was fighting his wife and they had arguments and they had issues. I mean, did she, she did use heroin, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, While she was
1: pregnant, but like not not ongoing. I think it was like more of an isolated incident where she found yeah. out later that she had been pregnant at the time, oh, okay. and then like um, did heroin oh, okay. during that time before she found out she was pregnant. Type thing. that's that's fine. I mean, that's what I always do. Whenever life gets hard, I break
0: out the heroin.
1: So yeah, and Kurt Cobain was famously known to have been a heroin. user or addict I'm not sure if he was an addict I think he was
0: well I saw a video of them and I've seen video of him because I I know a lot of people really love Kurt Cobain Mm -hmm. Uh, I I know his one song where he talks about it's Teenage Spirit smells like Teenage Spirit oh yeah I'm not a huge Kurt Cobain fan but I just every time I see him he just looks like he needs to take a shower yeah and get a haircut and stop doing drugs like he just looks like they all look like they're doing drugs and it just bothers me. It's like, dude, you look like a homeless dude. You look like a guy that lives at a bus stop. And like, people are like, "Heck yeah, that's so cool." To me, I don't get it. I think it's part of that whole counterculture thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I just think that um, when life gets you down, break out the heroin. That's what I got out of the song. <laughs> and stop fighting with your wife. There you go. <laughs> Next song. My analysis okay. is garbage. <laughs> all right. Well,
1: no, no, thank you for that. So now let's just glimpse into a couple people's interpretations of the songs of okay. the song um, to try to find the true meaning, get behind the true meaning. Um, all right. So Cobain wrote Heart Shaped Box according to um american songwriter.com article Um, He wrote the song in er, the early part of 1992. As legend has it, quote, he forgot about the song for a period but began working on it again when he and his wife, Courtney Love, moved to a new house in the Hollywood Hills. Mm -hmm. Love Love said in a 1994 interview with Rolling Stone that she overheard her husband working on the song's central riff in a closet. Allegedly, she asked Cobain if she could use the riff for one of her songs, to which he answered, F you,
0: and closed the closet door. Hmm. Um, What a happy couple. Yeah. Sounds like me and my ex-wife. Maybe we could (laughs) have written stuff. We just needed more heroin (laughs) to be happy. According to biographer Charles
1: R. Cross, Love and Cobain shared a songwriting journal, and her writing sensibilities rubbed off on him especially so on Heart-Shaped Box. The song's mm-hmm. title came from such a box that love had given Cobain. It said, though, that Cobain had originally titled the song Heart-Shaped Coffin, which I did see corroborated on another website. Okay. Um, Alright, going back to the song lyrics itself. Um, the song's structure and meaning is a different section of this article. It's, it's the subtitle of this is the song's structure and meaning colon vagina comma love question mark the four minute and 39 second song okay that's too technical we don't need to get into that anyway um, <laughs> Kurt okay. right. Cobain, Cobain said that in, uh, uh, to, on record to the media that the song was inspired about a documentary about children with cancer mm-hmm Courtney Love, his widow, says that the song is about her vagina and that she had contributed some of the lyrics to the song. No matter the actual subject matter, the song's lyrics depict a bleak brain. Mm. Um, The song is as much a fever dream about being alive as it is a rock tune. As it happens, Heart Shaped Box was the last song Cobain played live with Nirvana it came on march 1st 1994 at a show in munich germany he died a a little over a month later on april 5th 1994 in seattle washington he was only set he was only 27 years old okay all right so that's one article's interpretation of the song um and then moving right along one moment here
0: Wow, I didn't realize there was so much stuff you had on this one song. Yeah.
1: Dang, dude. Like, Fuck. I... <clears throat> go ahead. In an in, in article from faroutmagazine.co.uk, Courtney Love reveals the true meaning behind Nirvana's song Heart Shaped Box, according to this article. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are many theories surrounding Heart Shaped Box. As we talked about originally, it was titled Heart Shaped Coffin but the track appeared on Nirvana's third studio album, In Utero. The studio vent- venture followed the immense success of the group's second album, Nevermind, which pretty much single-handedly shot grunge into the mainstream. Alright, so... When Heart Box was released, Cobain claimed the song was inspired by a television report about children suffering from cancer. While this may well have been the catalyst, many argue that the song actually focuses on the author's fractious relationship with his wife, Courtney Love. Mm. So it's kind of corroborating some of our initial discussion. After their first meeting, Love apparently sent Cobain a small heart-shaped box filled with bric-a-brac. It contained, among other things, a doll's head separated from its body.
2: Mm.
1: The various references to Pisces and Cancer, Cobain and Love's respective star signs would seem to p- support this latter interpretation, but without Cobain to offer insight, the true meaning has remained a mystery. Mm. That is until Lana Del Rey covered Heart Shape Box in 2012. The performance reignited interest in the track and its hidden layers of meaning, leading, court- leading Courtney Love to offer her own take. Taking to Twitter to lay the debate to rest once and for all, Love wrote, You do know the song is about my vagina, right?
2: Hmm.
1: Throw down your umbilical noose so I can climb right back. Um, On top of which, some of the lyrics about my vagina I contributed. So um, next time you sing it, think about my vagina, will you? For whatever reason. I'll
0: I'll definitely do that, Courtney. (laughs) So When I'm singing it in the shower later tonight, you're thinking about your vagina. (laughs) Jeez.
1: For whatever reason, those tweets have since been deleted from Love's Twitter account, okay. which depending on your attitude is either highly suspicious or proof of their plausibility. Um, and in any case, um, that's about it on that article. Okay. And then finally, um, just some random, random comments um, from, from people just in the, in the real world and their takes like on the song um the both Cobain and Love are known to have shared a love and fascination of dolls. Cobain loved to um buy old marionettes or he wanted to buy some really old marionettes in Europe that were very expensive and effed up as he said okay but he he did artwork with them and stuff and um and then one of the only hits of Courtney Love's band, uh, Hole, was, is a song called Doll Parts. Okay. Um, so, the heart-shaped box could be a reference to a uterus. The lyrics talk about the situation of an aborted fetus from the first view- person stamp, viewpoint. There are many possible interpretations for the heart-shaped box. It could be a box for Kurt's needles an actual heart or a box of love letters. There is no clear explanation, which was probably what Cobain had in mind. I can see that because a lot of his lyrics were very cryptic. Okay. Um, all right. So you don't don't say, yeah, (laughs) the song switches meanings between Kurt's feelings over Courtney and his feelings on how women are treated. According to the book, come as you are by Michael Azarad. Okay. Um, and then it goes back to that um, heart-shaped box that Courtney Love had given him. But in any case, there's a lot of information on this online that I'll let you guys read on your own as far as individuals' interpretations of this. But let's move on to the next song, if we would, um, uh, which is Fade Into You by Magic mm. Star. Go ahead. Yeah, did you have any closing comments on Heart Shaped Box?
0: No. Um, no, I was going to say something, but I won't say it. Um, uh, no, I don't. Uh, but I was going to say, so can I read the Fade Into You? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, this song is called Fade Into You by Massey Starr. I actually listened to this song in the car uh, when I was uh, in between Uber trips. I liked it. You know, I was. It was raining... Um, I didn't mind it but I I did like kind of hear stuff in the lyrics Mm -hmm. and I didn't have a chance to look it up so Mm I don't know I think lyrics do matter a lot Uh, I will just like a side note (laughs) Um, I I remember growing up in um, an IFB church, Independent Funnel Baptist for all the people in Saudi Arabia who are probably wondering what that means (laughs) but uh, there was they would never listen to any kind of music like this and they would, use, mm-hmm. they would use songs like this, like Heart Box or Rape Me, uh, to mm-hmm. say that all music like that is bad. You know, they would try to say, well, look, you know, they, they go ahead and do this, and Kurt Cobain killed himself and all that. Yeah. Um, anyway, though, uh, so I didn't really get a chance to listen to that music too much, and, uh, you know, later on, I, I just remember one thing that I, I heard, like, when they were doing this music class, and the guy that was doing it was the pastor and he was like trying to say that the beat of music matters more than the lyrics because yeah 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 they uh, i'm not trying to like derail this whole thing yeah that's okay. um but yeah no the ife churches they really put a huge emphasis on beats like wow syncopated beats uh what? yes and Are like you for real I'm 100% for real oh my god because they because this is their logic your heartbeat is beating in tune, right? So, which, which, <laughs> which, hold on, it is in a way, because it's dun, 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 dun. You know what that is? That's your atrial valves opening and closing. So it's dun, dun. It's open, close, open, close, because your heart's a pump. But right. anyway, though, so they tried to say, well, you know, that's happening, and when it beats out of tune, it's called arrhythmia. And they, they tried to, or out of beat, I'm sorry when it beats beat. out of beat I keep saying tune it's called arrhythmia um, so they said well the same thing can be applied for music and <laughs> when something is not in beat uh, it's sick and it's basically arrhythmia and it can mess with your uh, mental and physical state <laughs> so because I remember like a big part of that was uh, I just remember hearing uh, the back they didn't like backbeats, like anything that had any kind of drum set or a backbeat in there. And I was like listening; they had like a, a small clip of a song, and you could just barely hear a backbeat because it's a backbeat. It, it's like like in the very back, you can hear a occasional hit of a drum, and that's supposed to make the song bad. And it's like, well, wait a second, oh what about the lyrics of what they're saying? Like, isn't that super important? It's basically poetry with with uh, drums and uh, instruments. But right. anyway, though. Uh, I do think lyrics are super important um, I don't know what Kirk Cobain was doing <laughs> with, that, with that song But uh, yeah. I mean I, I think I do But we're still talking about it So yeah. there's another song called Fade Into You By Mazzy Star um, So I'm just gonna read This Sure uh, Here's the lyrics I want to hold the hand inside you I want to take the breath That's true I look to you, and I see nothing. I look to you to see the truth. You live your life. You go in shadows. You'll come apart, and you'll go black. Some kind of night into your darkness colors your eyes with what's not there. Uh, let me just, quick note, this person does not know how to rhyme. Let me just put that in there right now. <laughs> I don't know if they know, but a lot of times songs rhyme. All right. Fade into you. Oh, oh, they said the thing. They said the title. All right. (laughs) Strange. You never knew. Fade into you. I think it's strange. You never knew. I can already tell you, I think it's strange that I never knew what the hell they're talking about. (laughs) A stranger's light comes on slowly. A stranger's heart without a home. You put your hands into your head and then smiles cover your heart. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I don't know,
1: because the way you deliver it is so funny.
0: Well, it's... I mean, it's just they say things that are weird. I you know, I know, You put your hands right? into your head? I know, at you first... You put your hands into your head. I thought they were talking about putting your face into your hands at oh. first. Oh. But,
1: like, then... But then I realized what, yeah, what you were saying just a moment ago. And then I was like, no, that doesn't work. Well, there's a
0: lot of things that don't work here. I want to hold the hand inside you. Right. And then you put your hands into your head. I'm putting my head into my hands. (laughs) Uh, Then it goes, fade into you. Strange you never knew. Fade into you. I think it's strange you never knew. And uh, that's it. I mean, there's like one more little... Right. Repetition. Repetition uh so yeah if you want to just tell us what you think yeah peter break it down so those lyrics were from musicsmatch.com
1: um this song seems to be about a troubled relationship between two partners even though the one partner the narrator or writer of the song if you will wants to quote hold the hand inside the other person which would mean some kind of deep meaningful connection to me Mm. The one being addressed in the song that they want to hold the hand of that person, the figurative metaphorical hand and have that connection with them. When they look to that partner for something, some kind of support, they see nothing instead. This entire verse seems to echo the same idea that the second partner is unstable, fragile and emotionally empty. You live your life, you go in shadows you'll come apart and you'll go black some kind of night into your darkness colors your eyes with what's not there um so it's just conveying like the sense of emptiness to me mm. um the and then finally my last thought on the lyrics is the first partner partner's quote fading into the other partner seems to be not necessarily a positive thing given the rather depressive tone of the music that accompanies these lyrics Or mournful tone, it seems to be more of a loss of identity because of emptiness rather than a positive union between
0: the two partners.
2: Hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, I agree with all that. (laughs) Oh man. Uh, Do you want me to read one of these? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Take turns. Okay. Um, So this is from ourculturemag.com, which, as you know, I read every day. this is about this song, a deep dive into Mazzy Star's "Fade Into You," and I don't want to read like
2: all Ray, this no, article. No, no.
0: but uh, so I'll say it here. So, for a song whose haunting beauty and pensive languor—I don't know if that's how you say it—captured the hearts of thousands of hopeless romantics around the world and people who didn't know how to rhyme. There's not much to say about Mazzy Star's "Fade Into You," not because everything's already been said necessarily but because the Dream Pop Group's 1993 single is not really the kind of song you talk about. And yet here we are, talking about it on a podcast. <laughs> 27 years later. By the way, 1993, that's also when Heart Shaped Box came out. So oh, yeah. I'm just going to say, 93, terrible year for music. I'm glad I wasn't alive today. Well, I was alive, but I couldn't hear. I was three. I couldn't. <laughs> I didn't start hearing things till I was like seven. Um, it's a common keeler trait. We don't fully develop gills until we're 10. you just sink into its ethereal world letting those reverb drenched vocals and hypnotic slide guitar speak directly to your soul so much quote so much about music is overdetermined by television and what people write and say about it co-founder david roback who passed away earlier this year at the age of 61 he told the times back in 93 you have to leave something to people's imagination so they feel they can participate music is music we don't want to be part of that overdetermination. We feel you should be able to shut your eyes and listen to it. Yeah. Uh, this is a good rule of thumb for listening to any number of songs, but Fade Into You captures that depth of feeling so intimately. What is that song doing to people? That it becomes impossible not just to close your eyes and let the music wash over you. It sounds like the people who made this song need to take a shower. And while the <laughs> irony of writing a piece about a song you're not really supposed to write about doesn't escape me part of the magic of the song is what makes people want to say not the kind of people Roback was referring to critics and the media in general but fans whose own memories are extricably tied to the song strolling through the youtube comments on the song's official video you'll find people recounting stories of when they first heard it or simply what it reminds them of first loves dusty afternoons starry nights you're listening to delilah People relating not just to the feeling of this song, to the way it somehow sounds, both melancholic and hopefully languid, yet enchanting, but to each other, which in itself is pretty strange. Who knew that a song by and about introverts could foster such a meaningful sense of human connection? Oh, man. All right. Uh, did you get that callback to Delilah? <laughs> if Who's you're, Delilah? You've never heard that? Uh no. you're, you're listening to Delilah. You, you know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, uh, she's this pretty famous uh, lady. She is on most radio stations, but she'll have a program It's called Delilah. And it's it's basically you call in, and then she'll give you like life advice. And okay. I just remember her saying, you're listening to Delilah. Uh,
2: <laughs>
0: let's see. Faded to You is often remembered as a song about falling in love. In fact, it might be one of the greatest songs about falling in love. Yeah, that's right, Peter. This is the greatest song (laughs) that mankind has ever written about falling in love. I just want you to know that. This song, you don't even need to write another one. This is it. Yeah, Mike drop. Yeah, 1993. Who knew? After all those years. Or rather being consumed by it. But it can also be read as being about longing for that deeper kind of human connection. We'll get a puppy. Only to realize others simply don't experience emotions in the same way. The lines, I look to you and I see nothing. It sounds like what happens when you look at me. I look to you to see the truth. That sounds like what happens when I look at you. Might just be about unrequited love. About not seeing those romantic feelings reflected in the other person's eyes. But coming after the iconic opening couplet. I want to hold the hand inside you. I want to take a breath that's true. It's possible that this emptiness stems from recognizing the impossibility of being part of someone else's internal world, of having your own personal urges exist outside yourself. Rhyming true with truth might appear lazy. That's the only time they rhymed in the entire song. (laughs) But in this case, it serves to highlight the disparity between the truth that she yearns for and the truth the world hands her. Truth is love, and truth is harsh reality. Do you want me to keep reading this? Wow. Uh, this is very analytical i know i, I know wish, i wish
1: there were like less and less analytical oh, no. account of what the song is about like by the yeah. writers
0: yeah she goes like really like yeah really in depth yeah um do you want me to read this article i can read the whole article
1: no no okay. but i'm gonna skip down to this part Um, Despite all the mystique surrounding it though Fade Mm. Into You is really a simple song At it's core Mm. Quote We weren't trying to write a hit song We were just writing a song Roback said in a 2018 interview Explaining that it started as an acoustic song I think we had a melody and a feel And we just followed that feel Though naturally averse To any kind of mainstream success Mazzy Star were not the kind of band Who grew, grew to fate to, grew to hate their most famous single and yet they always seem to highlight that simplicity when talking about their songwriting process as if the song just came together naturally on its own. When asked about it in a 2013 interview, Sandoval, the other writer, simply said, I think it's a good song. But despite their refusal to mythologize themselves or their craft, it was Roback who described it most eloquently. We're not so concerned about the outside world, he told the magazine Uncut in 2013. It's a very internal process that we're involved in. The outside world is really not on our minds insofar as the music is concerned. And uh, it goes on and on. But anyway, I don't I don't know that...
0: Um, well, I just want to read this one part oh yeah when you listen to fade into you it's impossible not to lose yourself in that world a world that as sandoval wrote in a poem posted a few days after Robox passing is filled with the comforting sadness that holds us together okay all right if you need me i'll be crying in the corner (laughs) so that's the saddest all right all right
1: so let's take a look here yeah Okay, so from lot of lot of sense the meaning of the lyrics to fade into you by Mazzy Starr. I'll mm-hmm. try to summarize this. Okay. Um The writer wants to hold the hands of the person she loves. I don't think that's what it's saying, but Okay. Again, I disagree. Um when she says she wants to hold the hands inside him, um, she means that she wants to support him. She wants to walk walk with him at every point of life Mm. by inside she means his inside his heart it means she will stand by him no matter what happens she is ready to give her shoulders okay i I think like a
0: shoulder to cry on maybe okay yeah so or literally she's going to give him her shoulders but then she'd just be slumped over yeah well just without arm strength right so
1: Everything around her looks imaginary when he is not with her. Mm. The world looks unreal to her when she is not with him. When she says she wants to take a real breath, she means being with him and only with him gives meaning to her life. She is alive only when she is around him. By true breath, she means she realizes that she is alive when she is around him. The meaning of these words is deep. This girl is madly in love with the person. She questions her
0: existence when the person is not around her. Mm, that's how I feel about you. <laughs> so, the same way. In the same way, Peter. Let me hold the hand that's inside your head. Give me your head. Give me your hand. I'll hold it. Fade, fade into Peter. That's what they should have named it. I'm going to rewrite that song called Fade into Peter. I'm going to rhyme, too. So, mine's going to rhyme. And it's gonna be so there much you better. go. Yeah. I'm madly in love with you, Peter. So, <laughs> isn't everyone these days? I
1: guess though she loves him so much Mm. he sees nothing in him meaning he is not in love with her um he doesn't or she sees nothing in him it it should say yeah He, he doesn't know how much she loves him by nothing she means she is unable to understand what he feels about her she is looking into him for a response She wants him to love her back, but in return, she gets nothing. All right. So there's a lot more analysis here that um, could go on for a long time. But um, let's see if there's any. Yeah, Sandoval uh, refused to talk about her lyrics at all. Looking back at their seminal melody in 2013, the vocalist succinct, succinctly told the Guardian, "quote
0: I think it's a good song," which we covered in the other article. Can, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Why do you think artists do that? Like, if somebody said, "Hey, um, you know, like, okay, here's a here's this is why I prefer some artists over others," but like, for instance, Billy Joel, who I've heard can be very hard to work with sometimes um but like he wrote that song we didn't start the fire which most people have heard you probably have heard walking through the mall his music's everywhere but he says you know somebody told him that you couldn't write a bunch of stuff about your generation and he was thinking why well, I bet i could and then he just wrote something and basically almost pulled stuff out of the encyclopedia so how come you think artists will say that sometimes like oh I, i'm not going to tell you like why? You know, you don't have to be mysterious. Is it because it sells, they think? They're like, well, if I don't tell people, they come up with their own interpretation, and then I can sell more albums. Do you think that's Possibly. what it is? Possibly, yeah. Okay.
1: Or they're just very, like, it's very personal to them, so it would be hard for them to talk
0: about it. Maybe. Well, but yeah, but then they sung it, and it's like, everyone that's sung it. That's I don't know. It's yeah. just, it's, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. But,
0: um... I'm looking, I'm looking at you for answers. <laughs> I'm not getting any. <laughs> you look to me and you see nothing. Ah, uh, exactly. Yeah. No, I see uh, a tall man.
1: But anyway, folks, if you want to check this out more, <laughs> yeah. it's from lotofsense.com.
0: Okay. Backslash songs. Um, anyway. Um... It's a... Okay, uh, yeah. Are you still gonna go on the song? I was gonna tell you like my final thoughts on it. Are you still? Do you have still more to do? Because there's like a lot to do, or a lot of stuff. I'm on like page 14. Yeah, I'm on page 13 or 14. Okay. Um.
1: So basically, there is there is this long analysis of this by this um, lady named Kate Hoyt, who has a BA in political science from the University okay. of Nevada, Las Vegas. Um, this is from Quora.com. Um, I feel like we're going to analyze these songs to death and then we'll hate them. Probably.
0: Um. I already hate them. Okay. No, I don't.
1: (laughs) But, um, I'll just go to the closing of, of this lady's comments. Okay. Despite all the mystique surrounding it, though, Fade Into You is really a simple song at its core. It is its own world unto itself. When you listen to fade into you, it's impossible not to lose yourself in that world. A world that is, quote, filled with the comforting sadness that holds us together. Okay. Mm. So, yeah, you go ahead with your closing thoughts. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, I know I like, you know, I obviously, I I mock these songs sometimes, but that's to break up the monotony, Peter. That's why I'm here. Um... And I'm contractually obligated to be here, too. But uh, but uh, anyway, though, it just sounds like a, it's written by kind of like a, a young adult or a teenager that's yeah. saying, uh, hey, I'm really, 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 I've got a huge crush on this guy. I really want to be with him. Um, but then the thing that kind of struck me as odd is when she says, I look to you and I see nothing. Right. Um, and then I look to you to see the truth. And what they're saying in my mind is, I, I, the truth as they see it is that I like him uh, and I love him. Shouldn't he like me and love me? And he doesn't. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it doesn't matter like that. You want to take and hold the hand inside you and all that. Take the breath. It's true. It doesn't matter how much you want to be close to this person. If they don't like you, mm-hmm. then they don't like you. <laughs> I right. mean, um, and then the going shadows, uh you know, colors your eyes with what's not there. It just sounds like a lot of like stuff that uh, it's mysterious. The guy is mysterious and she doesn't really know what he wants. <laughs> this guy's a 3% man, clearly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, Men are most yeah. attractive when their feelings yeah. are ambiguous. Yeah.
0: Is, is that not yeah. the point of the song? Right. Um, I think so. Yeah. I mean, that's, they should have just called this song 3% man. Yeah. Um, anyway, though, uh, fade into you. Uh, it sounds just like someone's living a one-sided crush. I mean, if you ever mm-hmm. had a crush on someone and it yes. wasn't received, yes. yeah, yeah, um, that's what I feel like when I see this. Like, um, gotcha. and then everything she says about like the whole strangers' light. I'm not sure what that is. Yeah, I'm not either. That could be referring to him because in a yeah. way, he's also a stranger because you don't really know that person. That right. person doesn't like you, but you really like him, and you want to be so close to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you put your hands into your head. Smile covers your heart. Smiles cover your heart. I just think a lot of that is this perceived image of this person. I guess it's infatuation. Infatuation's really nice. You know, everybody mm-hmm. loves that. We call that being in love, um, even though that's not really love. That's just infatuation. It's it's very much like they can do no wrong. They're the greatest. Yeah. Um, it sounds like. You know, teenagers, they say... They call puppy love. Yeah. Um, but it's basically... Um, they're not adults. But there are some adults that have gone through this and go through this all the time. Uh, just people that... There's no... Um, there's no maturity and there's also no, like, structure. Like, real love to me is sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So, to me, this song... I mean, it sounds like a cool song. I've listened to it. And it's really pretty. Uh, it's got yeah. very pretty lyrics, but... Um, to me, it just says, hey, I've got a one-sided crush, and I really want to fade into this person, just be one with them, and I just love them so much, but it's like, you don't even know them, you know? Yeah. Just go to school. Go to college. <laughs> take a take a trip to Europe while you still can, because then your 30s come, and it's, it's right. bad, and you wind up becoming an Uber driver at 32, and yeah yeah and then you're gonna fall into a heart-shaped box (laughs) it's a heart-shaped car that's what it is that's if i wrote that song it'd be called heart-shaped car and with that segue
1: you could fall into that heart-shaped box head over heels oh wow um
0: head over honda
1: yeah um but the next song is called uh head over heels okay or subtitled in this life by switchfoot written by the frontman John Foreman okay um and our source for the lyrics is lyricfind.com okay so um, oh sorry uh, one moment here so going on to that one one moment here okay here are the lyrics head over here and take me head over heels and aching when i told you i was yours i was yours Mm. in this life in this life you're the one place i call home in this life you're the feeling i belong in this life you're the flower and the thorn you're everything that's fair in love and war i'm coming down like a gunshot in all these battles that i've fought you're the mark I'm aiming for. I was yours.
2: Mm.
1: Head over heels, head over heels. In this life, I'm stubborn to the core. In this life, I've been burning after more. We both know what these open arms are for. You're everything that's fair. In this life, you're my only one. In this life, you're my only one, etc. So, So um, this keeps coming. Okay, the song, my analysis of this song is that it seems to be a love song directed toward God or Jesus Christ, which is cleverly disguised as a quote, "typical rock song, as Alexander put it. Mm-hmm. Um, from prior research of the meaning of the song, John Foreman, when questioned about the meaning of it, replied that it's quote, "an honest love song," which I believe I have a, a further a longer quote of a little bit later furthering the cryptic disguising of the song's true meaning the reasons i believe it's directed toward god rather than towards his wife who is named emily foreman source is wikipedia hmm. um when i told are the lyric the lyrics from the following sections when i told you i was yours i was yours it could be referring to his committing his life to christ presumably when he was younger um, You're the mark I'm aiming for. This would be too lofty of a statement to make of one's partner. As a Christian man, as Foreman is rather as seems well documented based on Switchfoot's and Foreman's discography, his solo discography as well. The mark Foreman is aiming for in life is Jesus Christ, not his wife. Mm. Um, In this life, you're the one place I call home. Again, this is too lofty of a statement to make of one spouse if a person is a Christian, I feel. Mm. Um, many Christians believe that Christ should trump their partner as their source in life or the most central part of their being. Um, for example, in a Christian marriage, a popular metaphor slash analogy is a triangle or pyramid with God at the top and one spouse at each side of the triangle. The idea is, as the spouses draw closer to God in their faith, are brought closer together in their marital relationship as well. Um, We both know what these open arms are for. You're everything that's fair. In this life, you're my only one. Um, The open arms reference further supports my claim that Foreman is directing the song toward Christ because of Christ's open arms on the cross, as well as Foreman's open arms in embracing Jesus. Additionally, even though it's reasonable that a man would consider his partner to be fair in the sense of beautiful and hopefully also in the sense of just as in the expression all's fair in love and war stating that the object of the song is um, everything everything that's fair again seems to trump the role of a spouse or just a partner a human partner in one's life moreover as a christian a person could sincerely call christ their only one as in comparison with all other relationships, their relationship with him far outweighs those other ones. Um, you're the flower and the thorn. Uh, you know, I'm, we're coming at this uh, podcast from a Christian perspective, though it's not an explicitly Christian podcast in its um, topics or treatment of them. But um, Mm -hmm. as Christians, uh, God both reveals beauty to us in himself. His love for us as demonstrated through Jesus Christ and in our daily lives and his creation. In my mind, these things are the flower. Mm. However, at the same time, God allows difficulties in our lives to grow and shape our character, as is mentioned in James chapter 1. I believe that this is the thorn that Foreman is referring to further support for this concept is provided by the apostle Paul stating that he was given a quote thorn in his flesh to prevent him from becoming proud or conceited because of a supernatural revelation I don't know um, what are your thoughts am I going off the deep end with <sighs> making it Christian for a Christian ask band
0: yeah I, I don't know anything about Switchfoot. foot um, yeah. I've heard about him and stuff sure um, I don't know. I, 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 when I was deep in okay, we're gonna go back to the IFB thing, <laughs> sure. but when I was deep into that, um, yeah. in te- in Texas, as we say, uh, the land where you can ride a horse on the interstate, and you can shoot your neighbors apparently. Um, that just happened by the way. Yeah, it's great. Uh, we're doing so good in Big techs. But anyway though, um, I heard a common thing that you know people it was part of the IFP church. They really didn't care for any secular music. Mm. And one of the things they said <laughs> is that, um, one of their complaints, um, is that you can tell it's a secular song because you could switch out God with a person. Mm. Yeah. Which is interesting. Uh, because yeah, you can do that with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know that's a tough question like is this song about god or is it about his wife or is it about both maybe both yeah um i guess like the whole you're the mark i'm aiming for thing that doesn't sound like something you'd say about your wife no unless you're trying to shoot your wife in that case (laughs) in that case you know you gotta you know she'll run quick but she probably has also got a gun so be careful uh, you're the one I'm aiming for alright <laughs> but uh, the OJ Simpson story uh, head over here and take me head over heels and aching when I told you I was yours I was yours I mean it sounds like he is talking about God uh, I know he's a I just read in here he is a Christian yeah uh, see like I said I didn't know anything about Switchfoot but he is a Christian he says he makes music for everybody which is good I mean that's honestly fine yeah um, I don't know. This is a really tough song. The flower, the thorn, everything that's fair in love and war. I mean, he could be talking about his wife and God. You're right. Yeah. It could just be the two things that he feels like he loves the most or at the time he loved the most. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Uh, do you think he's talking about God? I think primarily,
1: but it could also be because there's this quote of him, the more extended quote that someone requotes, like is as in like retweeting type thing. Yeah. Um um they uh, quote they quote Foreman's quote, okay. and then um, okay. sorry, uh, he this is what he said reportedly, as quoted at songmeanings.com. This is an honest love song. Love is not a silk flower, always bright with artificially whitened teeth and a fake tan. No, love is a fight. Love is what happens when you've been hurt and you want to quit. Love is Mm. what happens when you decide not to. Love is not the beginning of the story, but the ending. Perhaps the 30-minute sitcom has done a disservice to the sheer
0: magnitude of what love is. Mm. And that's what they quote him as saying. Love is what happens when you have to walk up three flights of stairs to do a podcast. (laughs) I think that's what... He also was gonna say,
1: or when you have to walk down twenty-seven that's stairs true. to go smoke. As oh my wow,
0: that's true. Complains that's, about that's love. Yeah, that's love. Uh, he just loves smoking. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the, it could be about both. I mean, the it, the problem is like these guys and girls like to write super cryptic songs. So, yeah. I mean, if you're doing it that cryptically, then yeah, you could be writing about both. Right. Um. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, is the Battle Hymn of the Republic about Christianity or is it about America? Like, I've heard that, yeah. yeah. So I feel like this is what this is. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those, like, he wrote it deliberately like that. Uh, but I I I know people, I was reading your the rest of your deal, and people were saying that it sounds like he's in love with God. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that's, that's good to be in love with God. Obviously, God is a different love. Uh, right. It's agape. So I think that... Um, I think it's fine to say that you are in love with what God is in love with God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know He God gave everything to us and He loves us very much. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a kind of a tough one. Yeah, for me. So, uh, the whole like when he's talking about like honest love song and all that. Yeah. Um. I believe that like true love I think I already mentioned but true love is to me a sacrifice sure. so and the best version of that is Christ dying on the cross to pay for our sins I believe mm-hmm. and suffering because he was innocent right um, and he took all of everyone's sins on him as he died and stuff so mm-hmm. yeah uh, I do think the song definitely could be about God mm-hmm. um, but then also yeah, a message to his wife Sure. saying, you know, don't run too far because I'm aiming for you <laughs> So, <laughs> Oh, man, oh my gosh Yeah,
1: well, I think I think that's good like you kind of encapsulated the other comments of others interpretations of the song um, Do you have any closing thoughts on that one or any of these songs?
0: Uh, I got a lot of thoughts on okay. all these songs. Okay. Uh, but no, I mean, this is probably, honestly, one of the better ones, uh, in my opinion, out of the three. Yeah. I know it, you know, it's probably didn't get as much airtime as uh, Heart Shaped Box and stuff. Right. I think that uh, this is a really good song. It's very peaceful. It's very sweet, if you think about it. Yeah. Because I think music really is poetry. But yeah, it's, it's a great song, uh, however you want to look at it. Maybe to Christians. It's about God, and maybe to people that aren't Christians, it's about his wife. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, "Fade Into You," you know. I already talked about that. <laughs> I yeah. think she, because I read, I think she was twenty-seven in nineteen ninety-three. Uh, the woman who sang "Fade Into You." Oh, uh, sang well. yeah, yeah. Uh, I do think I have a feeling she wrote that song when she was a lot younger. Mm. Uh, just my opinion. She might have been a teenager. That's just me. Maybe I'm wrong. I haven't, I haven't read anything about that okay. um kind of a really they're all I mean except for Heart Shaped Box I don't like that one that much but they're all really pretty songs um I think Fanity U is probably the most shallow of all of them <laughs> uh but lyrically. it's lyrically yeah. yeah um but then Heart Shaped Box uh it's just a weird song mm-hmm. and um uh, I don't know, man. I mean, that's such... I'm looking at the lyrics right now for Heart Shaped Box. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. That's a strange song. Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs, all right? Yeah. <laughs> don't do heroin, because you're going to start writing weird songs like this. That's right? what I say. But, yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was interesting. I, I definitely... Uh, I like these. I like doing the song interpretations. Okay. So, my generation, I think we had very simple songs. Okay. Like, the club can't even handle you right now. It's all about the club not being able to handle him right this moment. Okay. <laughs> <So>. okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, this was this was good. Okay. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if you wanted to, do you want to say anything else? Or? Um, go ahead and live your life. Uh, <laughs> you're just stealing my if,
2: thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> as if you're not putting your hands into your head. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Um,
0: no, you go ahead. Yeah. No. Um, no, it's it's. That's all I got. It was. <laughs> wow. It 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 was good. Um. These these songs are unique. I wonder. You know, it makes me wonder a little bit though. Like, you think thousands of years ago they were doing the same thing? They were writing poetry. Putting it to song and was also just as cryptic because Mm. you know we see some of what the ancient Romans and Greeks left behind but we don't know everything they left behind they wrote amazing stories sometimes Um, do you think that that's just a thing that like people do is we write cryptic music or cryptic books or poems possibly especially poetry and song lyrics yeah yeah did you write um, song lyrics or poetry when you were younger yeah was it inspired by this? You think? Um, inspired by. Uh, just like songs like this, because in '93, oh. how old were you in '93? Um, eleven. Okay, so you were getting up there. Yeah. <laughs> you were like of of age to where you could understand some stuff at eleven right. years old. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like I wrote I wrote some poems about girls and two girls that I liked, um, okay. for example, that were cryptic. Um and stuff like that I tried to uh, get this one girl to go out with me okay. by writing her poems one time mm-hmm. um, but she thought it was very sweet but she didn't like me that way so mm. it was unrequited love like uh, as reportedly we have found stumbled across in yeah. the song Fade Into You. did
0: heroin afterwards? Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> you could get heroin at age 11? No, and thankfully Minnesota not. Minnesota was a wild place back then in the 90s. So, <laughs> but yeah, so you wrote, you wrote a lot of stuff or you read some of those? Just some. Yeah, I did, I did, um, I used to write lots of song lyrics. I had like pages, like, Really? Like, yeah, like half a notebook probably of song lyrics. Wow. Uh, I always was inspired growing up by like Taylor Swift, uh, just country okay. music. I listen to country a lot and just music in general. But yeah, I won it. It was an online contest. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was so dumb. It was an online contest and an online game, and they said to write a poem for Valentine's Day. And I wrote this poem when I was like 13, and it was a pretty good poem. I go back, and I've read it before, and I'm like, wow, this is actually pretty good for someone who's that age you know i i think mm. about think about that sometimes but yeah I, I don't know what it is but i felt like i was a lot more it was a lot easier to write stuff back in those days than it is now like i'm 32 and for some reason it's really hard for me to write poetry as i've talked to you about someone was talking about uh, us writing a song or a poet or poetry for something uh, and I said I just don't feel inspired because I don't and I don't know why I think it maybe it has a lot to do with as you get older like life kind of just beats you down to the point of mm. you're just trying to survive every day so you don't have as much happiness you don't have as much time like if we had all the time in the world if if you didn't have to pay your rent or any bills the rest of the year like you might be way more inspired you might like start playing the guitar you might start enjoying what you want to do and actually getting after things in life I don't know do you think that's true probably yeah if there were no obstacles to it yeah Yeah. i think that that most people would like that's uh i'm sorry peter am i boring you with my observations No. no you're just tired yeah um but yeah i think that that's uh an interesting thought you know but these people they wrote this this music i think that when you make it big so to speak Mm-hmm. um and you're getting paid and you're doing decently for what you do you have a lot more time to do that you have a lot more free time to do that mm-hmm. and you're able to do that stuff and whereas most of us are not able to do that like and also it takes a long time to write this stuff it takes a long time to Uh, learn how to play an instrument I've never been good at instrumentals you know so uh, some people are like yourself like I think you're you're probably pretty pretty good at at most of the stuff Um, but I've never been so it's tough Um, but I also I also think that the reason I don't write or maybe you don't write about things like this or maybe you do, and I just don't know about it. You have, like, a, you have notebooks full of Peter <laughs> lyrics in no. the back. But it's, maybe it's because there's not enough tragedy in our lives. Because I think that's where a lot of <sighs> that stuff comes from. Because I noticed yeah. when my life was really down, I would start to write poetry. I would start to write uh-huh. songs. So it's like I had to go through super hard times. Like, when I got divorced, I think I wrote some stuff down, you know, because that's, I think that's a way from my brain and my heart to process what's happening. So, Mm. and you feel, I mean, at that point I felt inspired, you know, now everything is pretty simple, you know, go drive people around, collect money, like that's it. And then pay bills. And then that's it. You know, I don't have to worry about stuff. But if it was like, Oh yeah, your mom is dying of cancer in the hospital. Like, yeah, that would probably impact me greatly to where I would feel awful, and I would feel sad, and uh, yeah, I might start writing stuff again, mm-hmm. so um, but it was really good uh, I really do enjoy uh, talking about this um, good, yeah yeah.
1: thank you yeah. for taking the time to listen and analyze these with me
0: yeah, no uh, thank you for uh, telling me about these, because I had not heard some of these songs sure. so I got to actually learn and listen so Um, yeah, live your life. Live your life as if you don't have to do heroin to write good music. (laughs) Live your life so when someone puts their hand inside of you, they're they're your doctor. And you can also go ahead and say, did you find any tumors, proctologists? Did you find anything inside of me? Is that what that song's about? Is it a proctology exam? They want to touch the hand inside of them? I don't know. I don't think it's about that. Um, No, I don't think so. Yeah, when you're bent over the examination table and you're just like, I want to touch the hand that's inside of me. And the doctor's like, I don't want you to live your life. And, uh, and you know, don't don't write cryptic songs. Write songs that, um, that are obvious. Like I said, the, the club can't even handle me right now. That is about the club not being able to handle him right that second. Okay? <laughs> what is that one with Snoop Dogg that you always sang? Gin and Juice? Gin it's about juice. gin and it's juice. Ain't nothing but a G thing. Exactly. These songs, Snoop lived his life. Yes. Yeah. And he's still out there. Yep. So. Indigo. Who is it?
1: He he has that signature gin now that's got strawberry flavor. Oh, indigo. 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 Okay.
0: Yeah, indigo. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we'll see you next week. And for everyone in all those foreign countries that doesn't understand what we're talking about, that's okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but you can probably easily access these songs on YouTube unless oh, yeah. your country's locked down.
0: Yeah, yeah. So if you're in Saudi Arabia, you don't get to live your life. You just kind of just get to live. So I don't think they get to listen to Massey star in Saudi Arabia. Possibly so, not. So, yeah. It's not just falling to you. It's your head's falling off. Yeah. I think that's the re the reworked version after it's been cut off. Right. So, yeah. Censored.
1: Yeah. Well, no,
0: because you're you're being executed. Oh, yeah. So there you okay.
1: go. There you go. <laughs> That's what I first thought you were talking about. Then I wondered if you were talking about censor-
0: censorship. No one censors you, Peter. Speak your mind. Okay. <laughs>